And today we are doing 1 John chapter 2, 15 to 17. And that's, what, that's where we are, 1 John chapter 2. And uh, I titled the message today, Doing the Right Thing for the Wrong Reason. Doing the right thing for the wrong reason. Some people think that being a Christian is boring. People think that if you become a Christian, you stop having fun. You start living a boring life. Some people think that way. Christians have been portrayed as boring or judgmental. Christians are boring and they are judgmental. The truth is, religion can be boring. Religious, religion can be judgmental. But not Christianity. Why? Because religion tells you what to do to be loved by God. Religion, religion gives you rules to follow to be loved by God. But Jesus did not come to start a religion. Jesus came to restore a relationship. He came to restore our relationship with God. And a relationship with God can never be boring. It can never be boring. Religion is boring, but relationship is exciting. So people who claim that being a Christian is boring is because they found themselves in a religion. But if you discover relationship with God, it's exciting. It changes. Every day you feel the excitement in, of being in a relationship with someone who loves you like God does. It is exciting. So the question I'm asking myself this morning and I want you to think about, how can Christians enjoy life and still maintain their relationship with God? How can we have fun out there? How can we go in the world and enjoy our life and still have a relationship with God? Is God against pleasure or fun? Is God against you having fun, playing sport and watching TV? Is God against it? Is God against you driving a nice car or buying a new house? Is God against it? Can you love your life and still love God? Can you do both? Or you should leave one so that you can get another? Religion has taught people something different that the Bible does not tell us. The author of 1 John implies that love is a good thing. Love in itself is a good thing. But loving a wrong thing may be detrimental. Love in itself is good, but the object of your love can destroy you. That's why I titled this message, Doing the Right Thing for the Wrong Reason. Let's read 1 John chapter 2, 15 to 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. There is nothing wrong with love. But loving the wrong thing can be problematic. 
Let's go back to our scripture. Do not love the world. The Greek word for world is cosmos. Cosmos. Cosmos means the universe or the earth. So it's a physical thing. You can touch it. You can see it. But in this context, the writer, the author, is not talking about do not love the cosmos as this earth. He's talking about a system. Do not love a system. The author is talking about a spiritual reality that surrounds and runs the earth. There is a system that runs the earth. And the author is telling us, do not fall in love with that system. Because there is a system that controls people, that controls activities. Do not fall in love with that system. Because if you love the system, you will hate God. And many people are slaves or are trapped into the system. Because you grow up in the system, you are raised in the system, you go to school in the system, whatever you learn is in the system, you come, you work in the system, your life is designed by the system. And you find yourself living in a system. And the Bible is saying, be mindful of the system. Know that there is a system around that controls you. If you are in love with it, you cannot love God. The system. The world can be defined as an organized system controlled by Satan, but leaves God out. Satan organizes a system that controls life on earth, but leaves God out. It is important to understand who is controlling the systems that operate our lives. In the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse, verse 8 to 10, we see here Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, God himself, he came to earth. And let's read. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said. Satan is telling Jesus. And you will bow down and worship me. Hmm. If you just bow down and worship me, Satan is telling Jesus, I will give you all the kingdom of the earth. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. How could Satan offer kingdoms to Jesus? Jesus created kingdoms. How can Satan offer how can even Satan have the audacity, the courage to offer to the creator of the new universe, the universe? You will understand that he was, talk he was not talking about the earth as the substance. Satan was talking about the system. If you bow to me, I will give to you the system that runs these kingdoms. That's what Satan was talking about. Because when man, when human beings sinned and disobeyed God, we gave the power, the authority to run systems to Satan. We gave it to him. And he controls it. And when Jesus came on earth, to earth, 
He was in that system. That's why they did not like him. Because he was living in the system he did not create. He created the world and his system was kicked out. And the system that controlled life was a system created by Satan. And Satan is offering him that system. The same thing Jesus prayed that his followers will stay in the world, but they will not be of the world. I will give you an example. All Satan's plans are designed to keep you away from God. Everything that is designed by Satan is to keep you away from God, to keep God out of your life. John chapter 17 verse 9. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those who you have given me. For the IOs. 15. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Jesus is praying for Christians in saying, do not take them out of the world. Keep them there, but protect them in that system. Even though they are in the system, protect them from the system. Jesus is praying in the book of John. He says, we are going to stay on earth. But we are not going to be part of the system that runs the earth. Even if we live in the world, we are not of the world. Even if we live in the world, we don't play by the world's rules. We don't love the world. Even if we live in it, we don't play by its rules. Christians are in the world. They can utilize it but they should not be used by it. We should use the world. We should utilize the things of the world, but we should not be used by the things of the world. When you are faced with a decision between the world and God, the question is, who do you love? We face choices every day, and our choices reflect our love. We always choose what we love. If you choose God, you love him. If you choose the world, you choose the world. The thing is, you may not feel in your heart, oh, I'm so much in love with God. No, you don't need to feel that way. Your choices prove that you love God or, or not. It's just reflecting your choices. The world uses three major att attractions to keep you away from God. Three major attractions... That run the system, Satan's system on earth. Three of them. Sex, money, and power. Let's be real. Satan uses three major attractions to run his system. Sex, money, and power. First John chapter 2 verse 16. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. It's not from God. The last of, the last of, the last of is not designed by God. They are designed by the enemy as a system to run life on earth. So let's talk about it. Sex. The last of the flesh. The last of our flesh. 
The lust of the flesh is craving, the craving for pleasure outside of the will of God. The craving for pleasure outside of the will of God is the lust of the flesh. God created us to enjoy life. I will go back there again. God is not against you and I to enjoy life. And that's why I said religion will sound as if people should not enjoy their lives. God created us to enjoy life. But our enjoyment was given boundaries. God set up at boundaries to protect us. To pro not against us. To protect us. So that we don't hurt people around us. The boundaries are designed to protect us. Without boundaries, people hurt each other in the pursuit of happiness. I'm looking for happiness. I will do whatever I can to find pleasure. I I'll do whatever I can to find happiness and we end up hurting each other. We end up hurting ourselves and we regret it for the rest of our lives. Why? We give into the system of the world. Let me give you an example. I know of a man who cheated on his wife. It happens all the time. When the wife knew about it, she also decided to cheat on the husband. It's the revenge. And then when both of them knew about it, they decided to divorce. And then when children knew about it, they got miserable. The children felt left out and ignored and they thought it was their fault and the children grew up miserable. What started the issue? What started all this chaos? Crossing the boundaries. Crossing the boundaries. It made the wife to suffer from it, the husband to suffer from it, and children to suffer from it. Family suffer from it. Friends suffer from it. And I, I'm sorry if you've been through divorce uh, and you're here. It is not a judgmental place. I'm not here to judge anyone. But you and I know that every separation hurts. Every separation hurts. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you say about it. After it, it hurts. So if we will play by God's rules, we will avoid, we will avoid hurting each other and ourselves. But the system of the world will tell you it's okay. It's okay. You are fine. The system of the world, they promote sex wherever and whenever you can find it. Just have it. Whatever makes you happy, do it. That's what they say. Whatever makes you happy, just go for it. If you're not happy there, just leave. If you're not happy there, just leave. If you're not happy, find someone who makes you laugh. Find someone who makes you happy. And we keep going for happiness. And we cross boundaries. And we hurt each other in the process. The system of the world. Look at the movies. Look at the, at the media. Look at the advertisement. I always ask myself, what is the correlation between selling a car and a naked woman? What is the correlation? They are selling a car and they put a naked woman be beside it. And I'm like, do I need that naked woman to buy this car? Or you are selling both of them? Are you selling both? If I buy the car, I get the woman? That's how the system works. Sex sells. And they make us believe that it's okay to cross boundaries. 
It's okay. In movies, they will show people sleeping with each other and sleeping with each other and go there and kiss with that one and kiss with that one. And it's, it's like, oh, it's a free world, you know. You can kiss with each one. You can, you can sleep with everyone. It's okay. It's okay. It's not okay. We are hurting each other. The system. If that's the kind of life you are living, I'm not judging you. I'm warning you. I'm warning you. There is a way out. Jesus is the way out. If you love the system of the world, the love of God is not in you. And it's working against you. The advertisement industry, movies, movie industry, music industry, is a strong system that uses sex as a tool to sell. But the kind of sex promoted by these industries are not biblical practices. They are not safe. As a result, we, can, we, we, we get broken families and we get low commitment. People don't even mind being committed this, these days. Commitment is not an issue in marriages these days. I will marry you after three days. If I don't feel happy, I leave you. It's just a paper, isn't it? It's just a paper. It's not just a paper. Marriage was supposed to protect people. Marriage is supposed to protect people. You get married so that the two of you can protect each other. Unfortunately, that's not what the culture tells us. That's not what the system tells us. Having sex outside of marriage is working against God, against yourself, and against the people around you. Your spouse is the only legitimate recipient of your romance. The only re legitimate recipient of your romance is the person you are married to. That's the only person you should flirt with. That's the only person who should see your romance. She's there, my wife. The second one, money. It says, the last of the eyes. The last of the eyes is the desire for possessions. Desire for possessions. Money is good. God wants us to get money. I always tell my friend, get as much money as you can. We want money. Money is good. My queries. Get money, my friend. <laughs> It's coming? Good, more of it. <laughs> but the love of money is detrimental. Loving money is detrimental. Having money is not a problem. There is not, nothing wrong with having stuff. Buying a new car, buying stuff around, it's okay. But desiring stuff you cannot afford is problematic. Desiring money at the detriment of your own family or relationships is very problematic. I, I gave you an example uh, maybe two years ago. And Doug laughed at me. Do, today, don't laugh. I was in, living in Sydney and I went to this shop and I saw a guitar. You see? <laughs> He's laughing already. <laughs> I saw a guitar. I said, oh, 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 I want this guitar. So we, my wife and I don't spend anything un until we, we are in agreement. So I called my wife. 
I said, they see this guitar. Like, if I don't get this guitar, I will die. Like, this guitar, this guitar. She said, no, we don't need it. I use all my communication skills to convince her. This guitar is very important. If we don't get it today, we're not going to get it again. It's on sale. This guitar, this guitar, this guy. Okay, 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 okay. Get it. Ah, she said yes. I bought it with a credit card. First mistake. I used my credit card. We bought the guitar. I'm telling you, that guitar took like three years to be paid. It became an issue in our finances. I didn't need that guitar. I just wanted it. It became like a big issue in our finances. Like every month they will ask, oh, you haven't paid. You are late in your payment. It was a very expensive guitar, to be honest with you. It was really expensive. You know, guitar can cost even $12,000. You know that. Some of them is 200, 300, but a good guitar can cost even $12,000. So I won't tell you the price so that you don't laugh at me. I won't tell you the price of that particular one. It was quite a good guitar. I realized that the financial system of the world is designed to put people in chains. The, this financial system of the world is designed to put people in chains. You will hear like, Bite, bite, bite now. Every advertisement on TV will tell you, bite now. If you are not careful, you find yourself in debt for things you don't need. The last of the eyes consists of getting things you don't need with the money you don't have to impress people you don't know. You just buy stuff and buy stuff with the money you don't have, who are you trying to impress? Nobody cares which car you're driving. And if your friend tells you, bite, 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 they are wrong people, the wrong friends, nobody really cares about which car you drive. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't, really. For me, it doesn't. It doesn't. I keep buying. And thank God for buying stuff online these days. You can just go on your phone. And you will order the whole wardrobe from your phone. Money does not make people. People make money. But the system of this world tells us that we got to have stuff. Every time we look at our TV, they tell us to buy now. Call now. I won't tell you any other story because I... <laughs> look. We had call now. My wife and I ran to the phone, called right there. They sent us three pillows. Big pillows. <laughs> we never used them. They were too big that my head was like. <laughs> we couldn't use them. They were wrong size. Wrong size pillows. Okay, that's it for another day. That's for another day. Do we really need it all? We don't. The world says we should buy it all. God says we should buy what we can afford, and what we need only. Three, power, the pride of life. The pride of life is to love a wrong image of yourself. It includes illegitimate pursuit of position, having a high self-esteem or a low self-esteem. When you see yourself as you are not, 
You may wonder why I'm mentioning low self-esteem when we are talking about the pride of life. Low self-esteem doesn't seem like a pride of life. It is pride. Biblical pride is drawing attention to yourself at the detriment of other people. People with a low self-esteem see themselves as victims. Listen carefully. They talk about themselves to make people around them feel sorry for them. It is pride because the intention is to draw attention to yourself. It is low self-esteem, but you want people to see you as a victim and everybody should look at you and blame everybody else but you and condemn everybody else but you. I'm the victim. Victim mentality is low self-esteem. It is pride, if you didn't know. High self-esteem says, I'm better than you. You don't need to consider yourself lower than others or higher than others. You are equal. That's how we should see life. We are equal. So when you see yourself lower than others or you see yourself higher than others, you are living with pride. When you see yourself like equal, you are one of God's creatures on earth, humans, you are fine. You are equal. Low self-esteem says I'm lower than everybody else. High self-esteem says I'm better than you. And humility says I'm equal to you. I'm equal to you. That's humility. Humility doesn't say I'm lower than you. No, it says I'm equal to you. We are fine. We are humans. We are fine. When we love a wrong image of ourselves, we align with people who can advance our own interests, even if their values do not match with our values. In the pursuit of power or pride, we align with ourselves with people who can just advance. We make mistakes just to get there. Just to get there. We compromise our moral values to get promotion or position. We undermine others to advance our own agenda. We compromise our own moral values to get what we want. The world deceives us that we can't be a Christian and be successful. The world has made it a standard that to be successful, a successful politician, you should lie. No. God says you can be a successful politician and always tell the truth. You can be a successful businessman and always do right with your taxes. And you can be successful. And successful athletes, successful teachers, successful doctor, lawyer, farmer, and do it right. You can. You can. We need people in power to advance biblical moral values. And it can start with you. Satan wants us to believe that we can only enjoy life, we can only be successful independently of God. It's pride to love position of fame outside of the will of God. You can be famous inside the will of God. God wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to be really successful. God wants us to enjoy the good things in this life, but not at the expense of our own relationship with him. So why should we not love the world? 
this will be my last point. Why should we not love the, the world? 1 John 2.17 says, The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God live forever. God wants us not to love the world because the world is passing away. It's passing away. Loving the world is vanity. Everything in this world is temporal. Everything. Loving the world is placing your investment in a bankrupt bank. You will never get your money back. The world and everything in it are passing away. However, loving God is an investment into eternity. Galatians chapter 1 verse 4 says, Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. Jesus came to rescue us from this system that controls the world. He came to rescue us so that we can get eternal life. Whenever you are faced with a choice between God and the world, remember, the world is passing away, but God is eternal. Choose God. The world is passing away. Don't love something that is going to leave you or something that you are going to leave. Love God. He'll never leave you. Let me say that again. Don't love something that is going to, love you, to leave you. Even if you love your car so much, it's not going to be with you forever. It doesn't matter how much you care about it. You clean it and you repair it and you service it. It's temporal. Everything on this earth is temporal. God is eternal. When we choose him, we choose eternity. He will be with us forever. He will live with us forever. He will love us forever. All the powers. Nobody will be president forever. Nobody will be king forever. Nobody will be the boss forever. Nobody will be the manager forever. Nobody will be forever. All of us in this room, 100 years from now, none of us will be around. Except the babies, maybe they will be in their hundreds. All of us will be gone. Why fall in love with the world? Why make mistakes now that will cost us eternity? God will never leave you. Whatever is giving you pleasure today will fade away. Whenever you are faced with a choice between pleasure and God, choose God. Whenever you are faced with a choice between money and God, choose God. Whenever you are faced with a choice between power and God, choose God. When you choose God, you choose eternity. Let's bow our head.